Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf, my friends, my Blog Talk Radio friends out there and Blog Talk Radio Land and over at Blake Radio. Thank you for joining us this Saturday morning, the last Saturday in March, and it actually is the day that they somebody did win that big uh, mega ball. My goodness, six people. They're going to be living good for the rest of, rest of their days financially. <laughs> but uh, good morning to you guys. Last Saturday in March, it's actually raining a little bit here in Philadelphia. But uh, it's spring is here, so we, we know we don't, we, we're done with the cold, cold weather. Don't mind the rain at all. In fact, they said on the newscast that we could use the rain, so this is a blessing and a, a very good thing. I am so excited to have you guys here with us. Last Wednesday, of course, my new book, Love Pour Over Me launched, and it is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's on Apple, iTunes, Ingram Digital, anywhere that digital books are sold, you can get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. And if you don't have an e- e-book reader, no worries, no worries. You can order it at ebookit.com, Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney. Uh, for $7.95, you can order it in PDF. And you can carry it on any mobile device and, and read it and enjoy it that you have. So you don't need an ebook reader to enjoy the book. You can still enjoy it. And I'm hoping and encouraging you to go out and get a copy. You're really going to enjoy Love Pro for me. If you like mystery, if you like romance, and it, it's a, it's a it tells the complicated story between a father and a son, and also between. Uh, a love story between a man and a woman, and there are some marvelous friendships and love pour over me as well. And enough mystery, I'm telling you, to keep you glued to the story, turning the pages, wanting to know who did this, who did that, and what is going to happen next. Again, please go out and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me today at any online retailer. I so appreciate it. And let me know what you think of the book after you finish reading it. And now, and, and and I'm so excited again about my new book being out. And now I want to go to the moment that I know you tuned in to today's show for as I, I promote market and, and hopefully the author also spread the word about today's show. So you can be excited to learn about an up-and-coming author, somebody whose work you can you can truly add to your list of authors to follow to start to keep up with her books and what she's publishing and to enjoy her first book, which is Dare to Live. And how about that for a title? And this is an inspirational book that encourages readers to live full, courageous life. And that's the best way to live a, a full life is to live it with courage. And so welcome to Off the Shelf to our special guest this morning, V May. Welcome, V May. Thank you, Denise. How are you? I am blessed. I am blessed. Happy to have you here with Thank us you. this morning. Uh um I actually left your book in my living room. I don't have time to go run and get it, but I do have my questions already together, so no so no worries about that. But I uh-uh. wanted to um maybe read some excerpts from it as I was doing the interview, but I, I left it in my living room. Do you have a copy of Dare to Live With You? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Okay, later in the interview, if you can read an excerpt for our audience, that would be fabulous. Okay. I wanted to start by asking you, what were you doing, V-May, 
before you decided to sit down and write Dare to Live? I, um, well, first of all, I am a retired attorney and um, a hospital administrator right now. I kind of shift gears. Um, and one day, Denise, I've always enjoyed writing, but just writing things for other people or writing, you know, reports or documents or whatever. And one morning, I walked into my office, and clearly, clearly, it was spoken on my spirit that, spoken to my spirit, it's time to write. And I sat down, wow. and I was like, time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck because I like time to write what? I didn't have a clue. Went home that evening, and um, I know you read my book, and the poems just poured out. I mean, they poured out. They just came. And I was sitting there saying, well, Lord, am I supposed to just be writing a book of poems? And that's just what I actually thought for for a minute because, I mean, ten poems came pouring out. But then these characters started speaking to me. You know, you hear authors saying, you know, oh, I came up with this character, I came up with that character. The characters came to me, Denise, literally. Wow. And I started writing and could not stop. Could not stop. I mean, they were coming to me, and, I mean, their names came to me. And, and, wow. And, I mean, seriously, seriously, mm-hmm. I, I, not one name is in here that I had to think of a name or oh, reference it to someone. It, it, I'm telling you, and when I finished the book, Denise, it was like a burden was lifted off my shoulder because it was healing for me. Even though the book is fiction, it was healing for me to write this book. You know, everybody has a story to tell. And that's true. We all have a story to tell. And even though this book is fiction, a lot of this book is some of my stories that I'm telling. Wow. Had you been yeah. an a- avid had you been a avid book reader or or mm-hmm. did you write as a child? Like did you write poems or short stories as I a didn't. child? I did. Oh, okay. I would love to be able to say that I always, you know, wrote poems and did things I I did not. I did not. I mean, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoyed writing, but as a kid, I really didn't. So that's why it was so, you know, here it is, I'm in my 50s, and I'm like, what is going on here? But mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time that this was going to be a healing for me. Because, you know, writing Dare to Live, I mean, it tells the story of a woman who not only lost her face, but she lost her way. Right. And that had happened to me early on in life. I lost okay. my faith and I lost my life. You know, I, I just I just lost myself. But, um, you know, through faith and, and, and going through the hard times and, and everything, I, I, I mean, I just, you know, and, and just writing this book just, just gave me an opportunity to know that, it's okay that we lose our, our faith and, 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 and we lose our way. It's okay. It's a learning experience. It's, it's right. a growth. How long had you practiced as an attorney? And how, how long had you practiced as an attorney? And how long had you been retired before you started writing? I practiced um, seven years, and I had been retired for about two, two and a half years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I- and I wondered, you did say you, I was going to ask you, and you did say you did incorporate some of your life experiences into mm-hmm. the book. And I was going to ask you, now you said the, the names of the characters came to you, you know, after yeah. you were told it's time to write. Did also the plot in some of the scenes 
in the book, did they come to you? If not, what did you draw upon to create the plot? Uh, and and not just the names for the characters, but to actually develop them and give them personality and identity. A lot of it, um, like for for Michael, the main character, a lot of that was my own experience. Um, Frankie, who was her best friend, I don't want to give it away for everybody. Um, that's always the, during the the time I was writing it. I had one particular friend in my life that was like that, and you know you hear all the time, um, you know that that you know we don't stick together, and you know you you know girlfriends if they're close they backstab each other, and and that that's just I wanted to write to let people know that is not so. That is not true. No, that's no. You you I know agree. what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know there are good good um African American men and there are good, you know, um you know you can have those close friendships and and I wanted to do something different. I really wanted to write something different to let people know, let's take that, you know, how they stereotype us. You know, let's just let's take that out of the equation. Mhm. And and I, and I and I appreciate the the fact that you did that. Did you use an outline or do character sketches? Can you tell our listeners, particularly those who themselves would like to write a novel, how you actually developed the story itself? I oh you know, I just sat in front of the computer, Denise, and I just started writing. And for anyone who's saying, "Well, you know, what should I do?" I would tell them, you know, whether you pick up a pen or get on your typewriter because people still type, get on your computer. Just let the emotions and feelings come out. Just let them flow. Let them flow. Let them come out. And that's exactly what happened. Not once did I have to sit in front of the computer and, and say, well, you know, what should happen to Michael next? And, you know, what should happen to Drew or Ronnie? I mean, I just let all of these feelings and the emotions just, they just came right on out. And that's why I say I know it was a personal healing for me. Um, it was things not only what, that I was going through, there's particular um, situations in my book that I even wanted to have. You know what okay. I'm saying? I mm. wanted to, to, to have in my own life. But, yeah, for anyone listening, you know, and, and, and that's just as honest as I can get. Just let whatever whatever's in you, just let it come out. Let it flow. Okay. Uh, and thank yeah. you again for the complimentary copy of Dare to Live. Uh, uh, the, the, the characters, especially, now Michael's change, name changes in the book. Uh, but, I, again, I don't also want to give away too much of the story. But the characters, especially Angel, go through so much. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask you. The book forward is written by Henry Murphy, who is a trustee and police commissioner of the village of Dixmore, Illinois. Which I'm thinking of. I'm seeing a small town in my mind, but are you from the village of Dixmore? And I'm no, no, I'm not. But I'm from Chicago, born oh. and raised. Born okay. and raised in Chicago. Okay, yeah. so is this village close to Chicago? It's it's not far. It's not about twenty miles out. But as a matter of oh. fact, it is it is a small it's just a small suburban uh, I'll just say it's a suburb of Illinois. Oh, oh okay. And mm-hmm. what, what what process did you go through having a forward by somebody in that type of position is good for any author. What type of process was it like for you to get that forward? 
Well, actually, I know his wife on a business level. Okay. And she read my book, and she passed it on to him. And that's what I'm oh. hearing a lot from women is that they read it, and they passed it on to their mates. Um, I was interviewed by India Hines in Atlanta, and she was telling me that she was reading my book, and her husband was asking her, what is in that book? I haven't seen Why are you so intent in this book? And she said she told him, you have to read it. You okay. need to read this book. And that's what's happening. Women are reading the book, and they're actually passing it on. I have received, Denise, over, I want to, I don't know the exact count, I want to say over 60 emails from males, from males saying to me, I'm going to tell you exactly pretty much in in, in a nutshell what they've been saying, thank you, V. May, for not beating up on the brothers. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, okay. and I mean women. I mean, and even people from all walks of—I mean, from all walks of life, all ages. I was at a book signing in um, Louisiana, and this um, Caucasian woman, um, she just read just a little bit because I had card, you know, cards, just kind of detailing basically what was on the back, what's on the back of the book. This woman stood in line and bought ten books. She said, "I have to buy one for my sister," and she was just going on my niece, oh. and um, she emailed me. And she said, thank you. Because, of course, in the book, there's all nationalities. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is So, that my, is... the emails has been, I mean, it's just been, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. If you were to ask me, well, what was your favorite part in the book? And I would say, I mean, I enjoyed writing the book because my characters allowed me to write it. But the one particular poem, Never Ever Give Up, that's just so um that's so personal for me. I would say that poem is just I, I can read it now and still, you know, no matter what I'm going through, I still can get emotional behind that poem. And that probably is what uh is it, helping your dare to live the book itself to move forward is is the emotional in the, the the emotion you were able to put into the story as you yeah. created it, and it's transferred over to the reader because I think people read to to to, to work through their own experiences to be entertained, but people like to feel emotion. I don't care if it's in a movie. I don't care if it's from a book, from getting on a roller coaster. We do all types of things so we can feel lots and lots of emotion, and it's actually the very thing people say they love about the beginning of a relationship. Mm-hmm. You just feel so much emotion. And when we start to feel less emotion, we tend to want to walk away and go back to something else that's going to make us feel heightened emotion. But but we can do that from the inside on our own. We don't need to have external events. But I think that's right. the reason that people read, go to the movies, go to concerts. It's We want an emotional rush. Exactly. Exactly. I was going to ask you, you already answered this because of where the story takes place in part for our listeners. I was going to ask you if you grew up in Louisiana or the South, but no. My family's all from Louisiana. Can you believe that? I'm the only one that was born and raised in Chicago. My um, parents left Louisiana. Well, of course, when they got married, they were young and lived in Illinois, oh gosh, for over 40-some years. They retired now and they've moved back home. But I would say 90% of my family's um, in Louisiana. Uh, do you have siblings? Yes, I have a sister. And they're born, in, she's born in Louisiana? 
Yes, she was born there. Oh, my God. Lake Charles, Louisiana. Yeah. So you you didn't grow up in Louisiana at all, but you decided Not at to, all. Did you mm-hmm. visit there often? Why did you decide oh, yes, to set the book? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We would go visit, you know, my grandparents. I, I would say maybe twice a year, you know, we would go and, and visit grandparents. But I never, no, never grew up there. Well, interesting that you decided to set it there instead of in Chicago. But um, I know. Yeah. I know. Why does Angel relive some of her mother's experiences, for example, going into foster care? Why did you have her relive some of the very experiences and some of the experiences that were unwanted that her mother actually went through? I think what happened with Angel was that she had to, you know, she lost her mother, she lost her father, of course, and of course she lost, I mean, she lost everyone, I don't want to give away everything, but... I think she had to, sometime, Denise, we have to, and I don't mean for us to stay stuck. Of course I don't mean stay stuck. But sometime in order for us to move forward, we have to kind of step back and and, and, and relive particular um, uh, um, things in our life and, 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 and move forward, you know, shake them off, you know, whatever we need to do, let go of it or or whatever it may be. Sometimes, and and it may not work for everyone, I can just speak for my own self, you know, throughout my walk now, is that I've had to not go back and and live that life, but go back and think about the life I used to live. I mean, at the stage I am now, and that's why I say in my book, (laughs) Better Late Than Never, because I'm almost 60 now, but I have found that I can go back and think of maybe the lifestyle I lived or things that I used to do, and and I can just sit back now and say, wow, you know, I've come a long way. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself, you've come a long way, baby, because, you know, I, I can just go back and, and, and think about those things and say, you know what, God loves me no matter what. I got through it. I got wow. through it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness! How much of Angel's life would you say matches yours? Fifty percent, twenty percent? I would say thirty percent. Wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and I can see how that would be a therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Is Garrett, Louisiana? Is that a real town? And is you it know, a small I do not town? Know. You know, I was going to look that. I mean, I've been meaning to, and I'm glad you said that because I am going to do research. I do not know. When it came out, this is the thing I said to myself when Garrett came out. I said, is there a Garrett, Louisiana? And I just kept right on writing. I kept right on writing. I don't even know if it's such a place. Wow. Can you, for our off-the-shelf listeners, so they can get enough of a glimpse of about Dare to Live, to to say, you know what, I want to go out and get this book. Can you describe Angel's parents, their relationship for our off-the-shelf listeners? Oh, my goodness. This this is really something because I, I, the, there was an editor at a particular publisher that said, oh, my goodness, I fell in love with Big Bubba. Okay. Her father, who's African-American, uh, was a dwarf. Her mother. I'm sorry, can you say was, that again? He was a what? A dwarf. He was like a midget, you know, oh, a little okay. short guy, little okay. bitty guy. Okay. Her mother, who was, 
I'm going to say she wasn't like, she was, let's just say, mentally challenged, sort of speak, not, you know, where she didn't know right from wrong. I'm just saying she was sort of mentally challenged, but she was biracial. Okay. And um, they loved each other. They truly, truly loved each other. And, you know, here it is, her father's four feet, what, four feet, I think, six or seven. Her her mom's like five, five, eleven. I mean, we're talking about opposites. But he truly loved her. And because her mother, um, as a as a baby, well, because her um, when she was born, her mother died, and, and she was awarded to the States. And because her mother was awarded to the States, um, back, you know, in the South, they would not allow him to marry her. But they loved each other. These two people, I mean, it's a love story that's just, it's one that'll make you just sit back and cry. They truly loved each other. Mm-hmm. They truly, in spite of their differences, in spite of their height, <laughs> in spite of their nationality, they truly Loved each other, and that is so important. Yeah, you know, to to have that type of love for someone in spite of. And then for Angel to be to be born into that was was a blessing. When exactly, she, exactly. When she, when she later in the story, and I, she was very close to her father, when she mm-hmm. runs away from the hospital and the and the foster care system again, mimicking. She walked away. Mm-hmm. Mimicking the foster care, mimicking some, uh, you know, a, a, an experience from her mother's life. She quotes Matthew eleven twenty eight. Yes, she's very angry with God for, I know. for her the losses that she has experienced, and her faith is suddenly restored mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. something is prevented from happening to her. And I don't want to say right. to give this exactly. Away, oh, that part is. And do you know? I mean, I don't want to give that part away. But do you know, Denise, if we all set back, and for those of us who've lost our faith, lost our way, and, I mean, we're like, God doesn't love me, and, 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 you know, I'm this horrible person, and then something horrible, so horrible happened to you, and you just happened to call on the Lord, and then he's there. Mm-hmm. And it just renews your, it renew, not only renews your strength, but it renews your faith again. And that, and like I said, I don't want to talk about that particular incident, but that's exactly what happened to her. Because it was there. I mean, you know, she, she, I mean, you know, she, she was just because everyone she, she, I'm not want to give the story away, but everyone she loved, she lost, and and she felt that, you know, what am I doing wrong, and why is this happening to me, and God doesn't love me, and. And when that particular incident happened, now, mind you, she hadn't prayed, she hadn't, she hadn't done anything. And that one time when she needed him, he, she needed him. He was there for her. Wow. How was she able to process her thoughts and emotions as quickly as she did? How was she able to switch from, I mean, just a, a, a lot of anger to back to belief? You you know what I personally believe is that when we lose our faith and lose our way, let's not even talk about lose our way. When we lose our faith and we think that, 
you know, and I'm saying God, and there's listeners that don't even believe in God. They may believe in Buddha or higher power or whatever, but when we lose that because of personal um, challenges or personal issues, I truly believe, and in Angel's particular case, is that even though she was she felt that way, she knew deep down inside because of you know you know her aunt who yeah. raised her how she kept mm. her you know she kept her you know you know kept her parents alive her kept her parents thoughts alive she kept her in church and you know she had her pray all the time and you know so it was it was what I'm trying to say is it was just deep deeply rooted she had the foundation she just had suppressed uh-huh. it you know what I'm saying she had just suppressed those feelings. So I don't believe they were completely gone. It's just that in her mind, because of what was happening, um, she, she she didn't um, have you know have that faith anymore. But I believe in her heart, she still did. That's how she was able to turn it on so quickly because it was still there in her heart. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let me know if you're ready to read an excerpt from Dare to Live for our off the shelf listeners. Okay, you know what? I really want to give. Um, I love the poems. You know, I, I just love, love, love the poems. So I definitely want to give up because there's someone that may be li- listening who wants to give up. I would like to read the poem, um, and this is just for you. I know you don't have your book, but on page 205, um, the poem that says, um, "Never ever give up." Okay. It says on. Okay, on the days I feel weary and I feel like I can't go on, I pick up my Bible and reflect. On Christ who was born Even when my mind, body, and heart are in despair I know he won't place a burden on me Too hard to bear As I continue on life's journey There will, ta- there will be times I make the wrong turns I hear the Lord tell me Don't worry child, these are lessons learned I live each new day, one at a time Knowing some days I will be in a bind not being without flaws, the sinner I am. Yes, there are times I still get caught in a jam. But when that time comes, I go into prayer. God says to me, my son is there. I hate to end my story so short and abrupt, but from me to you who are reading this, I say, never, ever give up. Wow. Is that one of the poems you wrote when you got the message? It's yeah. starting to write, and you and the poems just poured out of you. They poured out, Denise, and it's is that one of them? That's one of them. Okay. Yes, yes, and that's for listeners who may, like I said, there's listeners who doesn't believe in God, but that's okay. You know, whatever they believe in, Buddha, or higher power, or, or or Allah, or whatever. My my whole point is to just say to everyone, just never ever give up. Never mm-hmm. give up, no matter what's going on. And it's okay to lose your way and lose your faith, just as long as you just just hang in there. Just because you don't, there. you we don't have a crystal ball. Even right. those who might have a crystal ball don't maybe don't. We don't know. There's so many things that can be moved behind the scenes, impacted and influenced. You don't know. You we really don't know what the next five seconds of our life is going to be like. Exactly. You don't, you have exactly. no idea. And when you hear people who had plans, 
and then they either they they transitions and they 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 had plans so you know that that wasn't one of their plans they had plans on this side and then they would that was they, they, it was time for them to go but they didn't know it but there's so many things that happen that people you get in your car and go drive to the store you don't expect somebody's going to dart out in front of you or another car is going to how many times every day does that happen and you don't exactly. even expect it so many things happen that and 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 it could they're good things people cross our paths that we didn't even know existed uh-huh. and and they bless us and and so many things happen every day when we do our normal daily routines we never saw it coming so when you say never give up because just because it's been hard or bad for maybe even years does not mean it's not get, it's just it's just getting ready to turn and that is so true and and Denise I can just share something just kind of personal with you and your listeners is that um just several weeks ago uh my dad my dad is 80 I want to say 85 years old pillar of strength I mean mm. I mean just physically mentally and my mom called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm even at this age. I'm a daddy's girl, of course. But she called me and said that he's having he was having a heart attack. He was at the hospital. Oh. Denise, I remember you have to. I have to share this. And I don't even know why I'm sharing. I'm kind of getting off, but forgive me. But I just, and I sat on the edge of the bed, and it was like I stepped out of myself. I'm like, no, not this strong man that's yeah. exercise and walk. Yeah, and the yeah. thing about it, I had just finished before my mom called me there's um one of the poems in the book if you only believe and that's personal wow i'm going to share with you is personal i mean that's my own personal story i had i mean personal poem for me but i had just finished that and it's like i stepped outside of my body but i can hear the lord say to me i got you and I drove, I had to, because I'm in Austin, Texas right now. I drove five hours to Lake Charles, Louisiana. I mean, in the dark. And I'm one of those people that's not uh, a nighttime driver. Yeah, and I'm not either, but so I can like, And all the way there, he was telling me, I got you. I got wow. you. And when wow. I got there, thank God, you know, he had the surgery and he was okay. But I'm oh. just saying, I had yeah. to finish reading that poem in my book, If You Only Believe. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I want to see real quick while we on the phone if I can find it and read it to you, and then you oh, under- sure. understand. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Page okay. one forty-two. Okay. If you only believe, it says, "During my times of trials, tribulations, and trouble, I was mad, mean, and angry, always looking forward to bursting someone's bubble. I walked with the devil and I talked with his crew." Even though I knew my praying to my Savior was long overdue, I knew in my mind that what I was doing was wrong. I just didn't use the strength God gave me to be strong. Until one day, someone touched me on my shoulder, and I said, Take a long look in the mirror. You are getting older. I put my hands over my face because of my shame. I knew that I was the only one to blame. I cried out, Forgive me, Father, as I fell to my knees. And he said to me, I will, my child, if you only believe. Wow. Personal. Yeah, I love your poems. I mm-hmm. love your poems. They, they, I can tell they come from, from deep deep within you. Oh, want, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, why did Angel change her name? Why did she change her name the, to the name that her father wanted to originally give her? 
What, what, why did that she... was her way of honoring him because, you know, he died when she was, you know, young. Right. And that was her way of honoring him because, you know, I, I guess we got to give it away a little bit. You know he felt that her name was masculine. And he had said, and he wrote in the letter to her, I, I wanted to name you, and we're not going to say the name so the right. readers can find out. I wanted to name you that, but I didn't want you um, growing up with a boy's name. So I mm-hmm. gave you the name Angel because you are my personal angel. Right. So okay. that was her She way. was honoring him. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. How does how how do she and Carl meet? And I had to ask you this as I was reading the book. Are they in love? <sighs> he he was in love with her, but she was more or less appreciated to him. So you know their marriage was a marriage of convenience. We don't want to get a story away. We may have to talk when we get off of offline, but <laughs> but off the phone, we don't want to give it away. But on his part, yes, he was in love with her. On her part, she was appreciative. Well, we don't want to tell this part, but everything that he did for her, and you know everything he did for her. Right. So it was more or less her obligation to him saying thank you. But was he in love with her? Yes, he was. Wow. And did... <laughs> he didn't know she was she was coming into the relationship from like thank you for uh uh being kind and caring to me. She well, he didn't what? And I and I also want to piggyback on that. How often do you think that happens in real life that people get together, somebody is at a low point and somebody steps into their life and does something they don't expect. They either kind in a way. It's like if you grew up and you were uh, in an abusive home as a child, and then somebody's kind to you. They complimenting you. They treating you kind. They don't take advantage of you. They're not trying to steal from you or hurt you in any way. They're just being loving towards you. This is so new for you that it, the person is almost like superhuman. Before you know it. You think you're in love with them, and you get into a relationship, and it could be years in a marriage when you realize, wow, I I got with this person because I was so thankful or appreciative for the kindness they showed me, but I wasn't in love with them, and mm-hmm. in a romantic in a romantic way, romantic way. Yeah, mm-hmm. how often do you think that actually happens? I mean, you might think you're in love with them, you're just so wowed by this new experience. That this I believe later. Well, in Angel's particular case, she was very upfront with Kyle, and basically he felt, he, I believe Kyle felt like, I'm not going to say most women, that's being stereotypical, like some of us women may think, I can change him. And yeah. that's what Kyle was thinking is that I can change her. She'll grow to love me. And they went into the marriage with that because he felt that. And even she said, okay, you know, let's do this, but if in X amount of years it doesn't happen, then, you know, let's go our separate ways. So he went into it knowing, um, you know, how she felt. But he was in love with her and she was appreciative. So, you know, and he was basically telling her, and we're not going to give this away, that I'll do this and I'll do that. And everything that he promised her, he did. Everything he promised her, he did, but 
it still wasn't enough, but she stayed there because she knew he was a good man and he loved her. And, and oh, it's one particular thing I don't want to tell either, you know, with the baby situation, but um, he knew. He knew, but it's like, and there's some men too that's, you know, we we have this thing that I can change this person, yes. you know. And, you know, when I was younger, Denise, I have to say this, I thought that also. And now in life, I can tell the whole world that's listening, no one can change us but a higher power. In my particular case, because I believe in the Lord, no one can do any changing for me but the Lord. But but back in the day when I was younger, I had that mentality. Yeah, no, and I and, and, I and I you know it. what? And and I can tell um, women that's listening, and and they'll get this once they read the book. Here's the thing: when a man tells you something like, "I'm not good in relationships," or yeah. "I don't want to get married," believe yeah. him. You have to believe listen. him. I've heard. I heard. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody say years ago. When people tell you things about themselves, I think at our core we're all good. But when people tell you, I mean, our true, true essence, when people tell you things about themselves, whether they tell you something about their ego or whatever, Mm -hmm. you better listen. And I've heard people say, stop, when people tell you you're too good for me, which is, that's not true at our core. But but, but maybe our false self or our ego, they're telling you the truth from that perspective. And if they're living from that space, you better listen. So when people tell you stuff like, you're too good for me, or like you said, I'm no good in relationships, Mm -hmm. then then you better pay attention and listen. Because, again, we we have a hard enough time just trying to change ourselves. Selves, exactly. And so let alone knowing that we just don't, we don't have the authority let alone right. the power. We don't even have the authority to to, to, right. to change somebody else because that's their life. That's not our life. So it's like hands And off. we can be nurturing and caring yes. and loving and do all of that. It still doesn't matter. If that man tells you or that woman, you know, to the male listeners, tell you, you know, I'm not ready for this. I don't want that. Yes. Believe them. Believe yes. them. And sometimes, Denise, you have to love somebody and walk away. Yeah. No matter how much it hurt, because, you know, take that hurt now, because if you get caught up into a relationship later, then the outcome is going to be a whole lot worse. And that's what happened with Angel and Carl. Yeah, and then that, and then some people do endure it for religious reasons. Some people hang in a a bad relationship, I mean, for, for years, and they're miserable. They're just exactly. they're just surviving and making it from day to day. They mm-hmm. haven't it maybe felt real joy in years, but right. they just they just endure it. And that, and that type of relationship that Carl and Angel have, I think, is mm-hmm. more common than than people might would like to accept. But again, when people exactly. tell you stuff, you have to listen to what they're saying. Angel seems to me to be more like her father than her mother. A lot like yeah. her. Father, was that your intent when you created this story? I believe that because, like I said, the characters came to me. But yeah, she, you know, she she was loving and and caring, and 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 and, you know, yeah, she she truly had her father's traits, truly. And you know, she was a daddy's girl. I mean, even as an adult, and he was gone. And you know, we don't want to give away too much, but you know, even after, you know, her, I'm gonna say her second time at life should i mm-hmm. say when she got into that that second relationship mm-hmm. i mean you know she always went back to him 
you know, to her dad. You know, she always yeah. spoke to him. Even though he was gone, she still spoke to him. What, what, what she, was she greatly influenced by her father's faith? And her father seemed to have more faith than her mother did. It, what, is that an accurate perception? Yes, very accurate. And, and you know, her aunt, you know, instilled so many of those beliefs in her. So, yeah, that that's very accurate. That's why I said her, you know, even though her mind, she was angry and, and, and because of everything she was in doing, but in her heart, it had just been instilled in her heart, you know, the, the love of Christ and, and, and faith. It was just instilled in her. That's why she was able to, transition and then as far as the relationship and love goes i'm trying to really keep from telling the whole story you see that took a long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for yeah. that to transition like i said we can talk to about that after off the phone but yeah that took a long transition it, it wasn't an overnight thing you know people may think that you know Things, I mean, some things can happen overnight, but in her particular case, it, it was many years, many, many years before she was able to, because, you know, she thought that she wasn't capable of loving. Because, you know, she blamed herself. Right. Um, if you remember in the book, she blamed herself saying that Carl was this great man. He had money. He did this. He did that. And he, because of him, I'm this, that, and the other. Why don't I love him? Why, you know, love him like I should? She right. loved him. She wasn't in love with him. You know, there's all right. types of love. Right. So she felt for the longest that she wasn't capable of love. Right. That's why she, well, everybody have to read the book, but that's why she endured so much before she got to that place. Yeah, and I, I see in the story, and I, I see this in life, a lot of times when we have back to faith, whatever religious belief we have, we think we just made that choice completely on our own. But a lot of it has to do with, as anything in our childhood, as our brains are continuing to develop over, I think, the first five to seven years of our lives, they're not fully developed when we're born, the impact of our family on our belief. If if those of us, a lot of people who are Christian, grew up in a Muslim home, we would be Muslim. Hands down, mm-hmm. hands down, mm-hmm. and a lot of us think, "Oh, it's mm-hmm. my choice," and and then and, and mm-hmm. I made this choice. And you think it's like with a lot of things in life, what happens in your early year, developmental years, that that will impact you and influence you throughout your life. And you'll think it's you just making an adult decision, and it's based on something that happened when you were maybe two years old that you don't even remember. Exactly, and, exactly. And a lot of our childhood is is. is um, and it tickles me when we judge each other based on whose religion is what. And we don't, right. almost like we don't even remember, this is something you got in your developmental years when you were a kid. This ain't as much a choice that you think it might be That for you, you think it is. A, a yeah. great friend always, I mean, she, she told me many years ago, we are a product of our environment. Yes. Yes. And absolutely. the new book that I'm working on, A Stranger Inside My Shadow, oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And what a title. If what you would say to me, give me one word to describe Dare to Live, I would say that it, She, I would say intriguing because, mm-hmm. I mean, she, her whole, I mean, from the time she was young, I mean, you know, there were so many events because it details her life. Um, a Stranger Inside My Shadow, and then that, I would say, is just, um, is deep. That's well, the word I'm going to use for that one. It's what, deep. 
Is it is this a is this a continuation of Angel's story? Or? Oh no, Mm-mm. it's a completely Mm-mm. different story. And when, oh, when do you yeah. when do you expect that story to be on the market? I, I'm thinking because I'm half finished. I'm thinking I should be finished um, shortly. I would say before June, and I'm expecting oh, okay. to be out early next year. Yeah. Okay. A it's, um, Denise, that story. Oh my goodness. I'll send you a few pages of it, and then we'll talk about that later. You'll wow. see what I'm talking about. We don't want to now, give that away. Now, how long did it take you to write Dare to Live, and how long has the book Dare to Live been out on the market? I took me Dare to Live because it was my first time, and I didn't know what, what to write. It took me several months to actually, I'm going to be honest with you, several months to um you know, and I had editors, you know, I had different editors that was basically, they never told me, don't lose your day job. So, you know, and thank God for that. They never said that. But um, they basically were saying when I first started writing it, you know, what genre is this? Because I was all over the place. Oh, and then okay. finally it became inspirational, and that's when it became, you know, you know, we got a, a, a contract offer on it. So... Um, but I mean the initial, just the initial part of it, I would say probably about three months. But it took a couple of years, seriously, to really get it where you know it was a particular genre, which is inspirational. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And 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 with a stranger inside my shadow. Oh my goodness. That's another one. Characters came to me again. I'm beginning to believe them, but that's a great thing. Um, I say, oh, when I get finished, it'll be a few months also. Well, so you like your books real... pretty? It doesn't take you long to write them, and 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 I'm sort of that way as well. But I spend years just going over editing and going over it and over it and over mm-hmm. it till you mm-hmm. till you feel comfortable with it. But to get a story exactly. down doesn't really take that long. It's right, just but fine like you said, you have to story. fine tune. That's exactly what I was saying. Right, it has to get fine tuned. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it, it's several months, but it's um. And, and like I said, for me, it's truly a blessing because these characters come to me. I mean, sometimes Denise, I, I wake up and they're talking to me, and I have to I keep a, a tape recorder next to my bed now because I used to be handwriting things, and you know, so I wouldn't have to get up and run to the computer. But um, the the Stranger Inside My Shadow, it, it, it's, it's a story that definitely needs to be told. Definitely. Wow. Is that based on like real-life experiences as well? or that's No. No, that one, that's why I say it's so deep because I'm like, I mean, because things that's being told to me, when I'm saying being told to me now, this is from the characters. I have to go back and research it to see if that's so. And it really is true because this is this is way out of my league. This wow. Is, yeah, <laughs> and you know I I've heard uh, so many authors say that characters they'll hear the characters tell them certain things, yeah. or that you know I've heard so many authors say that happens mm-hmm. to them. It seems to yeah. be common with a lot of authors. What what are readers telling you about Dare to Live? How are they enjoying the story? I am hearing if I had to hear I, I if I had to just sum it up and, and just you know from so many like I said I told you what the, the men were saying yes. the the women are basically saying is that the emotion and the compassion um, that's there and I, and I have had 
so many women tell me, you know what? You're telling my story. Wow. You're telling my story. I had, like I said, India Hines had told me that when she read my book is that she had just lost her mother, and she said my book just kind of helped her through that. Wow. Yeah, so I'm hearing so many different things, basically from the men. I'm hearing, thank you for not beating up on the brothers, but from the women, I'm hearing, wow, you're telling my story. I've had, you know, women tell me, I, I, I feel like that now. I lost my way, and, you know, I lost my faith, and this gives me hope. So I'm I'm hearing so many wonderful, and that's what I say. If I could, if if, if my book can just help one person, then you know what, I will have done something worthwhile. Yes. And, you know, I think every story has its audience. Every yeah. story has its audience. You're not going to get everybody in the world, 7 billion people, to. Uh, nobody's done right. that. Every story right. has its audience. And when you connect with your audience, then I think your work your work is done. What exactly. did you learn? What did you learn about yourself while you were creating Dare to Live that you didn't know before you sat down? to write the book? What I learned really is that, and that's why I say better late than never, is that everybody, and including myself, has a story to be told, and it's okay to tell that story. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's okay, because, you know, sometimes you want to keep things hidden. And, you know, and yeah, some things you do want to keep to yourself because people will run with it. But I'm speaking for me. It just taught me that everyone has a story to tell, and it's okay to tell the story because you know what? You may be helping. You know, that that, that, that story that's in you that you don't want to share, you just may be taking someone who, who I mean, out of an abusive situation. You may right. um, allow someone to just say, Lord, help me again. I'm sorry I haven't prayed in 30 years or, you know, just Tell that story, and it's okay, and that's what I've learned. It's okay to tell your story. Yeah, and you can help somebody to feel that they're not alone because I don't exactly. think anything happens to any one person that hasn't already happened to somebody else. That's what support groups are helpful for people because I think it's, they constantly send a message, you're, you're not the only one going through this. So, right. uh, and a book can, a story can also do that. You're not the mm-hmm. only one going through this, and uh, to help exactly. you process it and get through it. Has the actual process of publishing and marketing, because marketing is a lot of work, a book, mm-hmm. been what you thought it would be like before you published your book? Oh no, Denise! It has, and thank. I mean, you know, I have an agent that that's really, you know, I have an agent that's supportive, and you know, we're, we're business partners and we work together on this. But I, I, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue about writing, let alone marketing and and promoting. I didn't have a clue. I really didn't. And it's hard work, and I, I don't want anyone to, to believe the writing part was easy for me. It was what mm-hmm. came after the, the writing. Yeah, it's that's hard awesome. work, but yeah. you know what? You just, you know, if it's if it's a passion that you have to write and you want your story to get out, you just keep on. And there's going to mm-hmm. be doors that close, and there's going to be, there's a lot of, and that's that's just a part of life. But you just keep on keeping on. I told my agent the other day, I told her, I said, you know what? I don't want to give up on anything in the, in, in, on this process. I said, because why give up now 
you know, because I've learned and grown so much. This is just going to take me even further. There you go. Every so it, but it's hard work. You know, I don't want to tell anybody that the writing, you know, if if it's there and you have a passion for writing, that's easy. It's after the book get published because you have to, you know, you have to go on. Because I've been on book signing tours and radio, you know, stations and all that's been great. Um, Tom Joyner's been great. He's read my book and he sent me a letter. He contacted me and, and um uh, and just maybe Tyler Perry may be doing a little something that's between him and my agent right now. Okay. But um, yeah, that that's a maybe. I don't, you know, that that that's just a maybe. But yeah, it, it's a lot of hard work. And as far as book signing goes, well, the best book signing I had, I have to say, was in Chicago. They sold out before I arrived. The lady, wow. um, that court, that um, this coordinate, um, the book signers told me. That had never happened to her before, ever. Right. No, that is, like, unheard of. Yeah, so that was a blessing. That was a blessing. And then I have a couple of funny stories that, you know, have gone to book signings that, you know, were in particular areas that wasn't familiar with African Americans, and you get the look like, what are you doing here? You know, that type of stuff. But that's just a part of the process. Yeah, and you you have a good attitude about it. It is, you know, you... You you you're marketing online or offline, measuring the results, saying you know what I want. I'm not gonna go back to that type of event because I didn't. I basically exactly. just sat there, maybe sold maybe five books, and then right. you go to some events and you're like, I'm going back there. I sold fifty or seventy books, so exactly. I'm gonna go back there. So that that um, yeah, that, you learn that for yourself because I think for each author, certain things work that might might want, might work for one author that don't, won't work for another author. So you have to find what works for you exactly. and then just just keep doing it as you come out with more and more and more uh, uh books. But there are so many with the technology today. It's so easy to to put a book out uh in so many different formats that right. the, the, the the now people have said and I do agree the best books are going to always rise to the top. But the mm-hmm. market is when you, if you thought the market was saturated before, mm-hmm. it's really saturated now. Exactly. And, and you know what I think is great is, yes, is that now they have eBooks. They have my, you know, you can put it on Nook or your iPad. I'm not familiar with all, all that stuff yet, but you know that's a good thing too because you know you can get it for less money and you know so so that's a great thing. I mean, yeah, people can go. You know, some people. Old school like I am, you know, they go to Amazon, Barnes and & Noble and whatever and order my book. But then you have those tech, I call them tech-savvy people, and they get on the ebook for like seven ninety nine, and, you know. So, yeah, it's it's a lot going on now. A yeah, lot. so you have to be, I was just interviewing at, at my um, my blog, Right Money Incorporated, uh, rightmoneyincorporated.com, uh, I was interviewing Troy Johnson, who owns the African American Literary Book Club, which is maybe the largest African American book site on the internet. And I've known him wow. for many, many years. But he was saying there's so it, with technology, there's so many books out here, and yeah. it's, it's almost like there's not as many places to really market them. So the the authors that get noticed are the ones with the stronger salesmanship skills. Not necessarily exactly. the better writing skills. So, exactly. you know, you exactly. have to, yeah. when it comes to marketing, to get your book noticed, if you have strong salesperson skills, mm-hmm. you may go much further than somebody who wrote a very good, well-written story. 
Uh, and that's a big part of it. That said, how can our off-the-shelf listeners, VMA, get a copy of Dare to Live? Oh, they can go to Barnes & Noble. They can go to Amazon.com. They can go to um, – it, it's on so many websites that I can't even think. I think it's Cooksbury and um, – some of the um, Christian inspirational websites, I mean, they can go, and they can even walk into Barnes & Noble, and, and if Barnes & Noble don't have it, they will actually get it for them within 24 hours. So that's great. Barnes & Noble has been doing all of my book signings since, except the two that I was telling you about. Those were at, you know, places. They weren't at Barnes & Noble. Um, they were at, like, bookstores that, you know, like I said, <laughs> It was just, you know, what are you doing here, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. And I had to learn from that. So now um, Barnes & Noble, you know, they, they have all of my book signings, and they have all turned out really, I mean, seriously, they have turned out really good. Like I said, the best one was back home in Chicago. That was a first for me because when I walked in there, and this woman had this real strange look on her face. I'm like, you know, what's the matter? I mean, because I was new at this. And she's like, this has never happened. Your book sold out before you even arrived. So Barnes wow. & Noble has truly been a blessing to me. And I mean, in different states. I mean, you know, in, in Georgia and Tennessee. So, you know, I just want to say thank you to Barnes & Noble. Well, and that's, seriously. that's big. That's big. So your first book does well there. Then they'll definitely pick up your second exactly. book. We, exactly. Exactly. We, we have less than three minutes left. Can you let us oh, know? Okay. There's so the social networks you're on, where well, off-the-shelf listeners can find you at the at social networks online. They can go on to, oh, of course, I have my little Facebook and Twitter. You know, they can go under V V May, and, and I'm there. And I'm in the process of getting a website um, put up, which should be up within the next few days. But um, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, so you know, they can just find me there. Okay. And then also you might want to go over to Goodreads and, and get a free author's, be a part of the free author's program. There are millions and millions of readers over on okay. Goodreads, just as a tip Goodreads, okay. okay. Yeah, good, good, okay. Goodreads is another place to go to. And I would definitely, I'm going to definitely get your book. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, yes. Can you let us know about upcoming book signings with just two minutes that you're, that you're going to be at, people can meet you in person, get their book autographed, that you're going to be at uh, uh, maybe the next coming month? I believe, because Atlanta wants me back, which is great. I believe the next one's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, in which I'll post on my um, Facebook. I think that's going to be in June. And then I'm going to have one in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is probably also in June. But I'll post as I get the, the, the dates from my agent. I'll post it on um, my Facebook. I tried to find you on Facebook. What are you under there, under? Just V-E and then V-M-A-Y. M-A-Y. V-E-M-A-Y. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to have to look again. Okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't see it come up. Let me just scroll down and look. try to look again. So I'm glad I did okay. ask you that, but I tried it before the start of the show to look not, you I'm up. Not on I may no, you probably are. If you are, you are. I just have to. Oh, okay. I just have to scroll down to find you there. We have less than a minute, and I, I got to tell you, I've enjoyed today's show, and 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 wish you oh phenomenal, phenomenal success. This is your first oh, book. You're doing well you. at, at the bookstores, and that that is something. And then, uh, so with each book, you know, you, you should gain traction and, yeah. and 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 get a build up 
a larger yeah. and a larger audience. So I wish you well to our listeners, who the people who, who checked in and checked in and out. Uh, the chat room, I thank you for, for tuning in. For those tuning in on your mobile devices and those dialing in on the phone, thank you for joining us here at Off the Shelf for this Saturday. And as I so encourage you to come back next Saturday, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. in the morning, where we'll bring you another phenomenal guest in the book publishing industry where we bring new season best-selling authors, uh, we editors, publicists, publishers, any mover and shaker in the book publishing world. We bring them here to you right here at Off the Shelf at 11 o'clock in the morning. So we want you to, 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 to keep learning, whether you're a writer or just you just love to read. Or maybe you're an editor or a publicist or a literary agent and you want to tune in and learn about new authors. This is the place to be. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your book lovers. Off the shelf, 11 o'clock in the mornings at Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this is this is where you want to be. And I want to thank V. May. Please go pick up a copy of Dare to Live. If you don't see it on the bookstore shelves, as I tell people, it's so very easy. Just go up to the counter, ask the clerk, say, I want to order a copy of Dare to Live by V. May. They'll order for you, call you on the phone, or send you a notice in the mail when it comes in, and you just go in and pick it up. And it's that simple. So I, I encourage you to get a copy of Dare to Live by V. May, and please pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me, which you can get again at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Ingram, Google Reader, uh, 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 iTunes, eBook It, just any digital online retailer, you can get Love Pour Over Me there. We have run out of time. I just thank you all, and as I always tell you, you are absolutely amazing, so truly blessed and incredible, and I mean that because it's the truth. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Thank you for being here with us. Enjoyed hanging out with you. Bye for now, and V-May, I'll shoot you an email. Okay, bye.